0: Know how unlikely it is to win the lottery. Let's look at the 649, for example. You have a one in 14 million chance in winning that 649 jackpot. We hear those odds as rational human beings it still doesn't really deter us from buying those tickets. I mean, they look just as delicious, just as selectable, just as easy to grab, but those odds are really fantastically high. I mean, let's give some frame of reference to think about these numbers. If you were to die by lightning, you have a 156,000 chance of doing that. 156,000. Not 14 million like the lottery, one in 56,000. To die of a flesh-eating disease, you have one in one million chance of dying from a flesh-eating disease. Still, you are 14 times likelier to die from a flesh-eating disease than to die to actually win the lottery. And to be killed in a terrorist attack, that's one in 650,000 thousand so all that way more likely matter of fact you are three times more likely to be killed in a traffic accident driving 16 kilometers to buy your winning ticket than actually winning the jackpot 10 times more likely to die after being bitten by a poisonous snake or lizard matter of fact there is basically most things in life are more statistically possible than actually winning the lottery. So then why do we play? It's because for those two to three weeks after buying that delicious ticket, that golden chance to have a different life, those two weeks after buying that ticket while you're waiting for the draw or one week or whenever the draw is, you are sleeping like a baby. I mean, the dreams, NyQuil couldn't even provide that to you. It's the ultimate sleep ping pill. It's the ultimate escape. It's the ultimate fantasy. And for $5 a ticket, you get to purchase that. I think that's something rationally that all human beings want. But one of the things I will notice is that when we start to look at different income brackets... Of people, what we'll see is that as your income goes up, you would assume that you they would buy more lottery tickets, but no, the lottery ticket purchases stay basically the same. For example, if you're making less or but if you're making between twenty to thirty nine thousand dollars, you're gonna spend on average around five hundred and thirty nine dollars on tickets that year. It's about two percent of your income, or one point eight to be exact. If you're making or over per year, then your average expenditure on tickets will be $618. That's basically four times the amount of money, but relatively less than 10% increase on your average expenditure. So that begs the question then, why don't Richer people or people with more money spend a higher proportion of their income on tickets. I mean, realistically, if you we just follow the logic of numbers, someone who's making eighty thousand dollars a year should spend at least two thousand dollars in ticket, right? on tickets a year, right? That's what logic would determine. However, I think it's not the fact that they just understand the actual percentage reason why they're not going to win the lottery so that's I don't think that's the reason why they're actually not investing I actually think it's something much different the more money you have the more investing becomes attractive to you because through investing you can have those lottery dreams those lottery outcomes through just investing your money. And that to someone who's you know making 80 grand or more is realistically even better than gambling because they can build it up slowly, it'll, it'll be earned, they'll build the status of of it, of being able to do it themselves. And that's the reason why a lot of people who actually invest their money, would rather, we rather do that than actually invest in lottery tickets? It's not the most surprising realization that we came to. But I think, as I mentioned in the podcast two or three weeks ago, I think there's an even newer level that a lot of average North Americans are actually learning and realizing. And that all has to come back to DFK, Deep F in Value, the guy who made Turned, 50 grand investment into 40 million by putting his money into gamestop i think a lot of people are are really understanding that if they just write once or twice you just got to be right investing once or twice then you have way different outcomes your life is literally changed forever and now i'm at a place where my portfolio has my Net worth, you know, for the first time ever has reached over 100K last year. And now I have, you know, income coming in. And I'm at a place in my portfolio where I can start really focusing on okay, what are these opportunities that could drastically build capital within a year or two years? Now that I'm at a place where I can really access those opportunities, I think part of my portfolio strategy going forward is going to be what are what are those investments that can give me lottery ticket outcomes so I get those nice little good sleeps, but I don't have to take risks like I'm buying in the lottery. My risk percentage can be like, maybe I only have like a 25% chance of losing my money or a 33% chance of losing my money. Because realistically, if I have a 33% chance of losing my money, you know, that's a one in three chance. If I have three different investments, then at least one of them will fall to for two for fruition, and hopefully it will replace my other two losers. So the way I'm approaching my portfolio now is I'm still gonna have the basic investment strategy, you know, averaging down, buying every week, trying to capture the market when it drops five to ten percent like it did last week, and take heavy buys. When the market falls like that i'm still trying to do all that stuff however now i'm actually incorporating in my model the ability to actually um capitalize on these sliver of investing opportunities that are in our economy today so in this podcast i want to really hit on the three big trade ideas that i have for 2021 and just my overall thoughts on it. So the first real big trade idea that I have, um, you've probably seen this everywhere, is this notion of NFTs, non fungible tokens. And we've seen within one year, NFTs that are worth like a hundred bucks, like LeBron James dunking, now being sold for a quarter million dollars. Just the digital rights or the digital authentication that you own that LeBron James highlight video people you know are saying that this is the new art but in the digital world and in my opinion 99.99% of it's going to zero 100%. Like you're not going to convince me that a jpeg right now or in the next 10 years just an image on the internet is going to be worth millions of dollars. It's just I just don't see it. I think that there's some bubble territory happening in most NFTs like most Alternate Bitcoins are going to go to zero. However, I think it's obvious at this point that there is going to be successful NFTs. And if you're the person that picked the Amazon, you know, when the bubble bursted with Am- with the dot-com bubble, if you're the person that saw Amazon as a great company to invest in, you'd be laughing today. Google, laughing. Microsoft, laughing. So instead of finding all those you know, web 2.0 or, you know, dot-com bubble, companies that are going to zero, I'm trying to find the Amazon of the NFT space. And I think the most obvious one that's coming out is probably gonna be whenever Gary V drops an NFT. I think NFTs, it's gonna be a market where influencer-driven NFTs are gonna be the most popular ones to buy, the most profitable ones to buy, such as, you know, the Logan Paul drop or, you know, even this Jake Paul drop that he's doing looks enticing but i think the ultimate influencer in this space the person who i think 30 years from now just their own platform and presence and prestige alone is going to be massive i think that whenever gary v drops an nft that i could see selling for 10 or 15 or 20 million in the future especially because he's a guy who's always adapting his business to actually include these things in so Definitely an investment that I wouldn't mind putting 10, uh, just 10K in, maybe 5 to 10K in. So it might sell whatever he's selling, it might sell over that, but 5 to 10K, I could see th- throwing that in Gary V NFT and not really breaking a sweat about that. I expect the payoff for that for me to be around you know, in 2022 and probably hopefully 10K didn't turn to 100K with a 35% chance of risking of losing everything. That's the way I kind of look at it. And 10K, you know, is probably like 5 to 10% of my portfolio. The next one that I really see, and I really got three big trade ideas that I want to really, really capture in 2021. The next one is what I call the last big Bitcoin drop. Now, we've seen this year Bitcoin absolutely explode. However ask yourself a question. When was the last time Bitcoin absolutely exploded? That was around 2016. You see, Bitcoin's used to 5xing, 4 xing, 3xing its price. But typically, as it's still trying to build stability and build you know credibility, it has these massive drops. So me as a relatively savvy investor, it's obvious that with all these corporate companies putting their money in Bitcoin, that Bitcoin's here to stay. I think what else is obvious is that there will be another big drop. And what will that big drop drop to? Maybe 45,000, maybe 35,000, which again, would be all time highs, just you know, thinking about the start of 2020 but i think around 20 around 35,000 i'm completely comfortable putting around 10k maybe even 20k in bitcoin and i think that's a decent investment again with i would say you know my big payoff would be 2023 2025 and there's probably like mm, chance of losing all my money probably like a 5% chance if i'm putting in bitcoin and ethereum But I would say that the chance of me having to wait eight years to take out that money instead of like three to five years, maybe there's like a 33% chance that I have to wait, maybe wait eight years for that to have a significant return on investment. And again, I think in three years, it's very possible for Bitcoin to go from $60,000 per Bitcoin now to $600,000 of Bitcoin per now. So my 10 to 20 grand turning to a hundred grand I could see that paying off around 2023, 2025. And my last real big stock play or big play that I could see me taking in 2021, depending on the opportunities, is 10k call options on a stock I really like. This one I honestly almost did if my you know my money wasn't in such circulation me trying to put money into my broker account and you know not being able to put it in time. I almost did this when the market dropped recently around 5 to 7%, but instead I just had to settle for 3X ETFs. But I think the GameStop plays showed us best. If there's a stock you really believe in, it's not the worst idea to put 5 to 10% of your portfolio net worth in there. Now, again, if you've seen Wall Street bets, a lot of people there lose tons of money. And right now, I'm not suggesting that you become this gambler. You turn from like this solid investor to this gambler person. This advice that I'm, or not advice, but this, me talking through my investments and my strategy is probably only a decent play for maybe 10 to 20% of people listening to this. But in this, in me, Really sharing my investment philosophy or how my investment thoughts on investment are changing. I can see a play where if the market drops maybe five to seven to ten percent again, um I could definitely see a play, you know, especially after a time of all-time highs, if the market drops five to ten percent. I could see a play where you put 10K in a stock like Walgreen Boots Alliance or stock like Dropbox or start like even Beyond Meat or Tattooed Chef. I could I could see all of it. Um, 10K in like stock like Facebook and stock like Apple. Market dropped 7%. I could definitely see there's some sort of angle there where 10K me investing could turn into 30K by 2022. Just 3Xing my money. And my call option would be probably... Three months out of the money, it'd probably be right after a big earnings announcement. And I'd probably sell most of it before the earnings announcement. I could definitely see pl- a play like that in the future this year. And I think when it comes to wealth creation, by far, that is the name of the game. I think the more you can understand and really internalize risk and and be able to maximize your actual... Um, your optimal decisions based on risk, I think there is an easy, not easy, but a very simplified path to wealth creation from doing that, I I really do. Uh, And for me specifically, those are my three big plays of 2021. I think a a podcast in the future that could really uh, complement that is to go over my big plays of 2020, because I think there's an interesting, you know, to actually start chaining and looking at how I'm looking at investments year to year. There's definitely some interesting commentary in there to really understand like how my investing philosophy is changing and then kind of bounce off ideas for you to see, oh, how are other investors, you know, average investors who are working an average job, um, how are they actually investing their money as well? And maybe there's some sort of similarities or differences that you know, kind of expand the way that you think about your own investments or your own investing strategy. And as always, the best, most brightest investors are the uneducated ones. That's because the uneducated investor, they never stop learning. What do you think about the three big trade strategy? Do you think it is the absolute epiphany and it's the modern day or the middle class workers, their version of buying a winning lottery ticket? Or do you think the three big trades Introduces way too much risk. And the best play is just still, you know, market cost averaging, just buying a stock every week or every time you get paid, no matter what the price of the market is. What do you think it is? Sorry, dollar cost averaging. What do you what do you think? It's at Do on Twitter, and we, Flight Crew, have to take off. Yeah.